I'm, you know, bad person. Uh, how are you? No, I'm pretty good. You good to? Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So, uh, my name's Jordan. Recently turned 24 a couple of days ago, which is which is cool. I feel like a, a, more of an adult now. Um, my mum's Gundi Jamara, so Port and Warrnambool area. Um, known as the Fighting Tribe. We used to fight the Whalers when they came down, 1800s. Um, yeah, university student. Almost completed my studies, uh, my bachelor's. Looking to maybe do uh, honours, masters. We'll see how we go. Depends where the rabbit hole takes me. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that's me. <laughs> the rabbit hole of study. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. We're yeah. going to talk about some different rabbit holes today. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, um, yeah J- Jordan and I have known each other since... Um, it must be at least 20, 2011. Yeah, 10 years because, this year. Because, uh, you know, a lot of our relationship has been defined by our YouTube algorithms. Um, us too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at the time, we were hanging out with a, 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 a big group of Aboriginal people, but um, uh, he and I were the only ones um, uh, with a particular algorithm for YouTube. <laughs> so there was a lot of things we were saying to each other that uh, only we knew what we were talking about. Um, yeah, so we both, uh, kind of got pilled a little, I, I only remember the date because, um, I believe at some stage we were talking about the Mayan calendar and, uh, and the 2012 end of the world. It was probably 2012. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. so I'm thinking, uh, we might just warm up a little bit. We'll have a, uh, a quick game of, uh, True God Gammon. <laughs> What's that? Uh, it's a game that I just made up. I'm all for it. Um, so I'll uh, say something to you, and if you think that thing has quite a bit of truth to it, then you'll say, true God. And right. if you think it's just complete uh, rubbish, then uh, you go, gammon. All right, let's do it. All right, okay. Um, let's start off with some easy ones. Uh, the Chupacabra. What the hell's that? Hey! <laughs> all right, true God, gammon, and what the hell's that? All right. Um, <laughs> oh, this is good because I'm determining where you're at in your algorithm now. All right, All right cool. uh, uh, Bigfoot. Nah. Gammon. Gammon. Not gammon. Um, Loch Ness Monster. Gammon. Um, the Manhattan Project. <laughs> true, true God, I'd say. True God. All right. Uh, JFK assassinated by the deep state. A lot of ways to it, so it's hard to say. <laughs> All right. um, I, maybe there's a halfway one, like um, a true gammon. <laughs> we'll, we'll go true gammon. Yeah, right. True gammon yeah. on that one. All right. Um, Some of the mafia. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Epstein is still alive. Gammon. Um, Pizzagate. That's a long pause there. True gammon. True gammon? Yeah. All right. You have to sit through the bullshit. Yeah. I, I, I can just feel that uh, algorithm ticking over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, protocols of the elders of Zion. Gammon. Gammon. <laughs> can we just go, uh, like, <laughs> are there any, like, Jewish conspiracies in our gammon? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked too much into a lot of them. So yeah. It's sort of hard yeah. for me to... Uh, it's funny, they just kind of filter through. Yeah. These aren't things you put into your search engine. 
Yeah, they're just sort of there. Yeah, they kind of pop up. Yeah. But uh, I think that's what we're going to explore together. Yeah. The um, the origins story of our red pilling. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, uh, I tell you, I've been through this. Uh, so just um, hadn't been doing the YouTube thing for a, a very long time. Uh, but then um, I'm researching for this. <laughs> I kind of doing a, was doing a lot of research for some interviews that I've done about the impact of disinformation in our indigenous communities, and um, and just doing that again, like uh, looking into that, talking to people about it. It's um, I know most of it's gamut. Mm, but look at, however, um, it's it's changed me. It's made me really stressed. I chipped a tooth in my sleep last night. Regrinding your teeth? I don't know. I just woke up with a big chunk of tooth in my mouth about to choke me. Nice. And uh, yeah, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm getting proper stressed out now <laughs> from all this. It kind of, you know, even when it's rubbish, it just, um, it just, it grabs you by the old limbic system pretty hard. And, um, and you know, so and it, it doesn't matter if you know it. It's true or false or anything else. Um, so yeah, when we were met, we, when we met, we were, we were watching a lot of the same things. And I think, uh, yeah, we were talking a lot. There was a lot of the, the libertarian stuff, yes. um, coming through. So you and I were both listening to a lot of, uh, John Taylor Gatto. Yes, correct. And, um, yes. and, and quite a few other libertarians. Yes. Um, but you know, by way of, it's funny how you go in, you just, um, you're looking at some 9-11 stuff hmm. and then you come across, what was the one for you that got you into uh, starting to look at 9-11? Uh, loose Change? I don't think Loose Change. It, it was like a, a five minute video on just sort of explaining the whole 9-11 conspiracy. I, ble yeah. I believe it was James Corbett. Right. Yes. So Corbett Report got you yeah. uh, as well. So you, you kind of progressed. You progressed into that from some other things. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, and Jesse Ventura as well. Oh, Jesse Ventura. He, 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 he had yeah. a TV show. Yeah. And then that would be sort of be put out to the masses. So mm. me and my dad would watch that quite a bit. Right. Like I remember the, uh, th there's like an, air, uh, an airport. Yeah. The one, it's escaped me at the moment, the name of it. But uh, Denver. Denver Airport. That's it. Yes. And the, and the weird paintings of just these just weird ass paintings of people dying and then yep. these kids like sick and dying and, and you people with guns just pointing at the people. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like why have that in there? It's terrible that I know this, but I, I've got about, yeah. I have about 40 hours under my belt just on the uh, Denver airport. Mm. What am I doing <laughs> with my life? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. I mean, that we, we know all this stuff. Um, Jesse Ventura, so... Uh, were you into professional wrestling when you were younger? Oh, hell yeah. I, okay. You have no idea how many figures I had. Yeah. I, at least over 100. I had almost every wrestler, big wrestler at the time. Yeah, yeah. Was a huge... Like, I've got John Cena in my room, for Christ's sake. Yeah, so, no. so, But <laughs> as you've grown up, you've progressed into MMA. Uh, MMA, which which means... I mean, well, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, I, I know mean, what you mean. I know what you mean. So, yeah. so check it out. There is a progression. Because you start out... You, you're into the professional wrestling. Yeah. You love Jesse Ventura and you love how he talks. Uh, so you watch his his shows, which uh, were all about conspiracy theories. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And, um, but then as you mature, you sort of come more into MMA. And because you like MMA, then you're into Joe Rogan. Yes. Because you're into Joe Rogan, you're into the intellectual dark web a little bit. 
And because you're into that, like, of course, um, coming to your namesake there, Jordan Peterson. Yes, sir. And, and um, as, you know, not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. Uh, what he's saying is not disinformation. Uh, but then there's some other rabbit holes that um, your algorithm leads you to of that. Yes. But I'd love to get into that uh, the anatomy of that. But we're still down at the roots now. Yes. Uh, back at the roots where we're uh, looking at the Mayan calendar. Yes. A uh, little bit of flat earth theory. A uh, little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little bit of, um, uh, you know, pig mutants. Like a, uh, hybrid, hybrid man, humans man out of labs um, and various chimeras, uh, little beasties that, <laughs> uh, what are they called, cryptids? So, you know, you were watching cryptozoology videos, a little bit of that. And of course, 9-11 truth, you know. Yeah. Did you know there was a third building? <laughs> building 7. It collapsed into its own footprint. And then bring on, what was the other one? Controlled demolition. Yeah, and then Pentagon. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pentagon. Yeah. It wasn't a plane. Um, yeah. But then, you know, also, you know, high-level, deep-state, elite pedophile rings. Mm, yes. And it's like, you know, uh, Jeffrey Epstein is trafficking underage girls. Maxwell. I believe it was Maxwell doing all the dirty work. Yeah. yeah. And Robert Maxwell, who's a... What, a, a Mossad agent? Robert Mossad? Mossad. Mossad. I'm not familiar. That's it. I'm Robert familiar. Maxwell, her dad, was a, um, a media mogul in the UK. Ah, okay. Yeah. That wouldn't uh, surprise me because, yeah, yeah how, how cool that Who died mysteriously was. on a yacht. Sounds about right. Kind of just fell off the yacht. Yeah. Yeah. Accidentally on purpose. And he had a, a full state funeral in Israel. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so all of these things. Um, <clears throat> then, of course, later it, it sort of comes out... Um, that uh, old Jeffrey was indeed trafficking underage girls. Yes. And so we go, well, that's true. And so it's all true. I think I think it's interesting when that information came out because prior to that knowledge of specifically Epstein, there was a, a certain awareness of this ring this pedophile ring out and that was to be and that was viewed through Pizzagate however there was a lot of nonsense within Pizzagate like the actual pizza shop itself mm. and the individuals within the pizza shop and how there was a, a, a not a bunker but an underground facility or not mm. not facility um just a I can't find the word for it uh, I'll, I'll just say Bunker. Hashtag I, kill room. I yeah, think yeah we, a, we, we, we could say that, yeah, sure. Yeah, and, yeah, and just, uh, and just... Satanic just, altar. Yeah, like there was a lot of satanic yeah. stuff in there as well. Like a lot of it didn't make sense, but a lot of people were drawing connections <clears> to that <throat> to a, a, a large pedophile ring. Yeah. Like the connections I couldn't necessarily find, mm. but I knew that there was something up within the elite. And, and plus they have money, power, they can do whatever they want. So yeah. of course there's going to be some shady, shady shit going on regardless mm. of... Look, there, there's a difference between indigenous pattern thinking in our way, in our culture. Pattern thinking and patternicity. Patternicity is a different thing. Patternicity is the tendency of uh, people who don't have a rigorous intellectual or cultural framework supporting them uh, to just uh, see connections that aren't there. You know, um, mm. get something in their filters and they see a cloud that's in a certain shape. 
you know, um, that's a snake, that cloud. Hmm. And then I turn on the TV and there was a snake on the TV. Maybe it's true. And then bloody blah, bloody blah, etc. And hmm. building to the conclusion that I need to kill all the snakes uh, in this bioregion or something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. You know, like uh, that's the patternicity. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. There. And that's not pattern thinking. And it's very interesting. Um, you know, you and I both have the pattern thinking thing down and you've had it from a very young age. You know, you learned it from your mob. Mm. Um, but then it, it's, it sort of gets clouded a bit by this algorithm that kind of maps a patternicity over the top of things. Uh, mm. It obscures things a little bit, makes it hard to focus. Yeah. So, I mean, you're coming from a people who, you know, there is, was a conspiracy. There are real tangible things. Mm. You know, your people were... Um, shot and boiled in the whale rending, rendering vats mm. from the whalers um, because the bones were valuable to sell uh, yeah. to museums and stuff around the world. Yeah, we're treated like animals. Yeah, and those, so you go, you go down the streets now and those vats are um, enshrined in memorials to the whalers. So the same vats that boiled the bodies of your people uh, on display um, under rotunders and stuff. Up Sh and down. Shout out Cecil Rhodes. He's, yeah. a, he's a perfect example with the Boer Wars and him sort of extracting diamonds and all that sort of stuff. Ah, and, well, and, look, and then we've got a big ass statue somewhere in, uh, in, in, in England, I believe, or something like it. that. That's <laughs> it. Well, I mean, you know, um, it's funny, but I don't, I never hear any conspiracy theories about the Rhodes Foundation. Oh, there, there is a big rabbit hole down there. Oh, is there? Uh, oh, I didn't Car find that one yet. Carol Quigley. He's a historian who had uh, access to the Council of Foreign Relations secret documents for two years. Yeah. So he wrote a, uh, his, his magnum opus is uh, Tragedy and Hope, a world history from uh, 1900 to yeah. 1966. I can tell you haven't done the Council of Foreign Relations rabbit hole completely yet because you're still saying the whole thing instead of CFR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying to when use, when I you're really into it. That it's, yeah, I'm trying to use acronyms, you know. CFR. But, um, but, but yeah, like the, the, the CFR, um, the roundtable groups, all, the, all that sort of stuff, like Alfred Milner, Edward Mendel House, there's a lot of okay. individuals. Well, I haven't found that yet. I, I actually, yeah. I only know the history. And in the history, mm. you know, using my pattern logic, um, and, and not even that because it's just really laid bare, mm. you know, he had no heirs, he formed a foundation, yeah. uh, which was the openly stated goal was to... Um, was to expand the Anglosphere, yes, you know, uh, and to promote Anglo culture and dominance throughout the globe. Openly stated goal. It's in his open. It's in know, his very much Testament. eugenics, very much everything else. You know, it's um, and it was about setting up Africa as the um, as the extraction sort of site hmm. uh, to keep Europe going and to and to um, have North, Northern Hemisphere dominance for the next bloody thousand years or whatever. That's that's. That was the goal, yeah. and arguably, Africa may well be enjoying elements of that extractive relation uh, to this day. Uh, possibly, you could argue more than ever. Um, hmm. You know, since the phones, this laptop, everything else is is running on metals that have been ripped mostly out of that place. <laughs> yeah, from different countries and are sourced together. To yeah, exactly. This technology um, that we all abuse. You know, yeah. we got half the Congo carrying our voices right now. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. Is that a conspiracy theory? Well, I, I didn't know there was a rabbit hole on that. I'm definitely going to go. Oh, it, it's a big one. It's a, it's immediately a, it's and a check that out. Very, very, very big one. Look, if there's some, uh, you know, if there's some uh, child trafficking rings associated with that too, uh, I'm sure that, <laughs> you know, uh, here's the thing though, things keep obfuscating. Mm. If there's, you know, basically uh, you get that bit of history and that truth, but then all of a sudden it's like um, they're demons. They're mm. demons, see? Uh, it's like uh, this one, he was wearing a watch in the shape of a triangle. And see that triangle there? Another triangle over here. Mm. What else? How many people are on the board? Three people. A triangle, mm. you know, and off it goes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, the sort of cabal that, if you want to call it cabal, the the individuals that sort of Carol quickly exposed. Yeah, it's it's largely to do with sort of keeping the the yeah race pure and all that sort of stuff. So so in his last will and testament, he he said he wanted to create a uh, he wanted a secret group to sort of dominate the white western world and all that sort of stuff like that yeah um but yeah there's a lot more to it that i can't necessarily articulate right now but did he did he say secret though i thought it was quite open um i i that was just normal back then it was like that's like true obviously yes. this is yes. the mission i think he like, wanted to keep it under wraps though we don't need a theory of some secret cabal it's hmm. colonization imperialism not a secret. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if his last will and testament came out and it's open yeah. to the public, I guess that makes sense. Um, but yeah. I, I don't need to, to know about um, mythical missing trafficked children. There, there have been 80 million children a year, or, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, what we don't hear about from the United States is the, is the murdered and missing um, indigenous women. I haven't heard of that. It's an actual thing. It's an actual can you, can you expand on that? plague of, well, um, just thousands and thousands every year of indigenous women in the United States, women and girls, mm -hmm. are going missing. And uh, many turning up murdered. It's it's like an absolute, just, it's apocalyptic. That's, um, yeah, that's not... That doesn't go to the news. But strangely, it doesn't make it to any... That, surely that would be of interest to... Uh, conspiracy people I'm sure well, yeah but I, I'm wondering what their motivation is if they're not interested in actual in an actual situation of people being um, taken trafficked mm. murdered um, if uh, okay so they're not interested in uh, reporting about native women um, that this is actually happening to yeah they are however interested in other things and I wonder what the motivation for that focus is yeah, it's quite an interesting thought to have, mm. especially in, yeah in America. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was I've never been aware of that. That's yeah. like how long has this been happening for? Is this? Oh, it's oh well for a very long time. Um, mm. I, I remember there's old Buffy Saint Marie songs from back when I was a kid that singing about it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, I. I imagine it's been happening for about five hundred years or so, but um, I, I can imagine it happening since it's really since it's like really ramped up, too, ramped up a lot lately, and yeah. uh, with communication uh, improving and people uh, checking notes and, and different reservations and communities contacting each other and saying, "How many women have you had missing this year?" Yeah. And uh, they're kind of adding them all up and going, "Hang on, this is uh, this is 
it's very bad. And there's no almost, like, almost every family. And there's no in like a lot police of investigations or anything. Have lost lost people. There's no investigations or no. anything like that. No. Uh, I yeah. from the Buffy Saint Marie song. I remember um, she was talking about an FBI investigation into one such uh, murder. I think it was about anime pick two. <laughs> and he she had a, like a head and her hands cut off, and and the um, outcome of the investigation was that she died of exposure. What the fuck? <laughs> she just walked around, got a bit cold, and her head and her hands fell off. Sounds about <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I mean, you know, there are things going on. Yeah. There are actual, you know, things that affect us as indigenous people, um, like actual atrocities, and you know, yeah, actual systemic sort of. I mean, you know, if you want to say cabal to anybody, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, it's definitely the correct word, but yeah. Many, many, many of us, particularly over the last year with COVID, it's increased a lot. Many people in our communities are um, are really, really taking on board the, those conspiracy theories, the, um, the not the actual ones that we know about, mm. uh, but the ones we import from the United States. Yeah, like QAnon and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, oh, lots of QAnon. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, we're, we're digressing. I'm, I'm trying to unpick... Uh, the way in and and i i can't quite remember uh, the way in how i first started on youtube and i don't think you can either like what was the first well i don't have to check my whole youtube history or something well the first thing for me uh was sort of in 2016 2017 when i no, started no, no, no we're not going there yet oh, that, that's your second wave oh i'll pry to that that's your that's your when you moved from uh professional wrestling to mma oh yes okay yes. I'm, I'm still in the professional wrestling phase now i, I yes. want to unpack that so you um you know it's still so you come in jesse ventura yes um you know 9-11 yep and what else came out of that um my dad was usually telling me a couple of things, but he wouldn't go too in depth. Right. He he would just sort of question things like, "Oh, I wonder what's going on here." But right. Not really go too in depth, but it was mainly just sort of nine eleven and yeah. um, uh, the JFK assassinations. Assassinations. Sorry. I recall that the passports were a sticking point for you in the nine eleven thing. Yes. Like, how can they be so pristine when they're on a plane that just exploded? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. There's nothing of the plane left. Yeah. Or the people or anything else, but there's these. Just passports. Yeah, beautiful sort of passports just sort of sitting there. Like, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. And then the the other other interesting thing from what I recall was uh, the military was doing a drill where ma- the majority of the fighter jets were in were on the other side of the country. And on the day of the event, there were only two or something like that. Yeah. And I've seen on those same videos that yeah. they were doing war games that had exactly the yes. same scenario. And Donald, Donald Rumsfeld uh, announcing a certain amount of money being missing um, yep. uh, within some account within the government yep. the day before. Yep. And then... And I think it's 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 worth looking into the Pentagon's black budget. Yes. And but, then uh, where it got hit, that's... Nobody's yeah. doing that, though, because they're all more interested in um, uh, Bush Jr. at the time of the first plane strike was reading to kids <laughs> from like uh, my pet goat yeah and the goat of course is satan so 100 percent he's a demon um <laughs> you know and we forget about the uh the black budget yeah yeah 
I'm just yeah. trying. To, there, there was another one as well. Um, oh yeah, people saying how it was like a missile that hit the Pentagon because there's no uh, plane debris. Yep. And the way that it was hitting um, the Pentagon, it would have had to be completely straight. Yep. Whereas it would have been almost impossible for the plane to do that. Yep. Um, and they won't release the footage. Yeah, it's it's been a while since I've sort of mm. read up on on all of it, but those are the main things. But the, the the money one is I think is is a is a really important one to raise. Yeah. Um. But there are real things like uh, uh, Saudi involvement at at the time, which uh, all of that stuff was redacted. Um, which which one's that again? Can you remind me of that? Well, it's basically it was. Uh, you know, it, it's come to light later. It was basically Saudi Arabia. <laughs> that it all came out of there. Yeah. But they sort of covered that up and redacted those pages out of the report because, um, you know, it's you can't let a good crisis go to waste. It's an exactly, opportunity exactly right. for, uh, you know... Opportunity for profit. We've been wanting this Iraq for a while, so let's uh, let's do that. Yeah, because they have oil and we want to extract their resources. Oh, they had WMDs too. Yeah, exactly. They had WMDs. Yeah. And, 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 and it's easy to sort of... Yeah. And it's funny how they put the blame on on Bin Laden within a couple of hours of knowing. Like, yeah. how can you know that fast? Yeah. So they, um, you know, <laughs> there are <laughs> there are actual lies, there are actual cover-ups, mm. there are all these things. But when they get conflated into something else or mm. obscured with a whole heap of other weird stuff, it, it gets tricky. Mm. Yeah. And they're saying they've got weapons of mass destruction, so we need to fight them because that's mm. what they have. And then they admit 10 years later that, oh, there was no weapons of mass destruction. Mm. So then why were you going there? Yeah. Hey, speaking of, since this uh, podcast is, is going straight out to the, the liberal media. Yes. Um, you know, do you want me to do something? To your voice, so it's like... Alex Jones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. Blackfellow wouldn't be like, hey, it'll sound weird to have someone saying, I'm, I'm from the Gunditjmara tribe. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a super deep voice or something. Yeah. <laughs> I want to conceal my identity. Um, you're happy for your identity, obviously. So oh, yeah, I'm not sorry. You have to attach to this. Yeah. All right. Uh, just make sure, because you, you started talking about Jordan Peterson. And uh, anyway, which, which he, he makes gets a bad me, rap. Uh, which kind of leads us from... Uh, uh, do you think we've, we've wrapped that up pretty well? That first section? I think, I think we departed, we departed uh, from back in those days. Yeah. So you were... I, 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 should, I should say you were about 13 years old. 13, 14 years old when I met you. Yes. And and we were talking about these things, both watching the same stuff. Mm. And, you know, challenging, questioning these things, but also obviously both spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. I think our algorithms parted ways not long after that, though. That's when I went down uh, the, the the creation of making YouTube videos. You so, did. So a large portion of And you of kind of went off YouTube time. for a while. Yeah. But your last, the last thing you saw on YouTube was mostly libertarian stuff. You know, so you, you had, uh, you know, stuff that would, seemed reasonable and that was, you know, anti-eugenics, but still somehow right, like uh, outright kind of libertarian kind of things. Because um, I remember uh, John Talagato was a big one that yeah. we were talking about. I think it's important to, to define and understand what alt-right is, though. So how, how, what, what would you define as alt-right? Um, it's weird. Most of the people in the alt-right wouldn't define themselves as alt-right. Yeah. Uh, some people are calling it, so you got like, We Are Change is, you know, ostensibly centrist. Oh, Luke Wadowski. Yeah. Yeah, Luke Wadowski, I think his name is. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, so he, he, he came out of the 9-11 truth stuff mm-hmm. and then built his, his channel around that and around this, hey, hey, we're neither left nor right. Mm-hmm. Both sides need to come together, but uh, 
both had some bullshit anyway. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit like, um, oh, look, we'll get to Stefan Molyneux later. Mm. But, uh, yeah, there, there's there's a few of these people who are kind of like gateway drugs, you know, um, yeah. to the alt-right. And it's it's funny because before the alt-right, there was, there was old-school libertarians and, um, you know, who made a lot of sense. And look, you coming into this, you're someone who's lived most of his life with very with extreme chronic pain yes um health issues um and some life circumstances and personal histories that that would be intolerable for most people um and very much um you know my my reading of you back in the day was uh that you were you were really struggling to um, push yourself through this with a, a very rugged individualist pull up your bootstraps self-help thing mm. and you know i recall from conversations with you that you're um you know you went into youtube looking you know and finding that those self-help and and those philosophies uh that would allow you to um as an individual lift yourself up and struggle and fight and make it through the pain yeah. and the difficult circumstances and change your life, take control of your life. Yeah. Would you like me to give you like a rundown of sort of the, the, the sequence of events, I guess? Yeah. Okay, so uh, graduated high school, didn't get a necessarily good ATAR. That's mainly because I sort of just gave up. I didn't care because I've got a big bone to pick with the education system, which we can discuss later. Which John um, John Taylor Ghetto which sort helped, of he, helped us. Yeah, sort of he, he put me in the right direction too. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I went to a university in Canberra for like a, a, a couple of months. Didn't like it there. It was boring. Didn't like the the way that they were sort of teaching us. I felt like a child, so I left. Then I went to another university for a semester. Did a the 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 core component of the subject was learning a language, and I've never learned a language before besides doing lot subjects at um in high school. I didn't necessarily enjoy it, and I struggled mm. within the first three weeks because she, the teacher was talking complete German, and I just was just sitting there like, uh, okay, cool. So I bombed that, and then I got a job after that, and then I worked for a bit, a bit purposeless, just sort mm. of sitting there, um, was engaging in substances, uh, just because there's nothing to do. You, you know, I'm, I'm in my early 20s, time to kill, you know, have some fun. And then I realized, okay, I'm not really enjoying it anymore. Let's sort of switch up the pace and just see what happens. So I had a bit of money saved up from work and I decided to go to Hong Kong for 10 days by myself. That was a great experience because I learned to be uh, comfortable with myself mm. and realize that I can do these things and realize I ha I do there is potential in me and there's a lot more to me than what I think there is. So actually being self-reliant with myself and actually sort of, yeah, trusting myself to go in a direction where I think is feasible for me mm. is what sort of, you know, made me strap my boots on, Yeah, I guess. And then after that, I went uh, on another, oh, I shot a short film there as well during that process. That, that, that was really fun and interesting. Met, met a bunch of people as well. That was just good to talk to them. Um, but it was a very good learning experience to just be comfortable with myself. Um, I realized that, you know, I'm worth it. You know, I'm actually, you know, have the ability to do these things. And then I went to New Zealand uh, with a couple of friends and did a hike on the South Island on the Milford Track for about uh, four days. 
that was beautiful. The most beautiful thing I've ever done. It was, it's like a wallpaper everywhere you go. It's, mm. it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and then at that point I was just reading a lot of books. That's how it, that's how I sort of discovered, um, Jordan Peterson as well and his reading list. Right. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll come to Jordan in a sec. Yeah. So, but, uh, so you can see that arc, the narrative arc of your life there, mm. uh, coming through from, you know, um, uh, professional wrestling and graduating to MMA, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically. But along the way, you're finding things, you know, you, you're dealing with all this pain and, um, you know, finding your way to how you can take control of your life, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, become the rugged individual you need to be to be able to thrive mm. uh, in this economy. And then, um, you know, you're finding YouTube videos with people saying, oh, I'm an autodidact. I dropped out of school at the age of 10 because I believe school was interfering with my education. <laughs> you know? And then off you go. Yeah. Um, it, it is very attractive. It that, is. The, the libertarian ethos, it, 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 um, I can see why people are into it because you, you know, like I said, our, our uh, algorithms parted ways though. Mm. And I finished up down a rabbit hole that was oh, leaning more towards neo-peasantry libertarian size and neo-peasantry and radical feminists yep. uh, in the one group kind of thing which is I don't know what that's called surf and turf I don't know mm. but uh, I ended up down there and to this day every time right. I take the political compass test I, I'm still an extreme left libertarian <laughs> that's very concerning no. yeah. no. <laughs> very concerning no. I, I'm, a, I'm a public menace <laughs> anyway um, so yeah, so what's your so what's your your thoughts about that? You probably uh, your algorithm would tell you he's a Marxist. Uh, what Marxism is bad? Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, cultural Marxism. Oh, Marxism cultural Marxism. And, and, all right, oh, oh, here's oh, where things yeah. The buzzword, the buzzword is cultural Marxism. Because remember back in the day, like people would uh, you, you'd be getting you'd be listening to these videos and and they're giving you Greek philosophy. Yeah. And they're giving you like economics. They're talking and you're like, oh, I'm learning about finance. Mm -hmm. I'm learning about economics and did you know that the dollar isn't backed by gold and then <laughs> the federal reserve yeah and yeah. you suddenly you in down there so yeah you're coming in that way yeah um you, you're like you're learning all these things and you're like ah oh, you know i'm more than that i'm a warrior mm. but it's funny um and so then really quite blatantly strong anti-marxist uh uh pro-capital um rhetoric you know really strongly um but then at the same time the libertarian right was borrowing heavily from the left particularly like borrowing a lot of the tools of postmodern critique hmm. and so you're looking at oh i'm critiquing things i'm being uh i'm being uh, i'm learning critical thinking and you're unpacking things in a certain way yeah and then um through you come but then it changed because it wasn't about uh capital it wasn't about left and right political spectrums uh, in terms of, you know, whether you're doing trickle-down economics or welfare state. It's like it, it was no longer about ec economics. It was no longer about class. Uh, it was no longer... It, people lost interest in the Federal Reserve, central banking, mm. and then it became about uh, cultural Marxism. So we moved into these culture wars, yeah, like 2.0, right. 3.0, I can't remember. And so then it's about cultural Marxism, and you discover uh, your namesake, Jordan Peterson. Yes. 
but I didn't I didn't discover him through looking at markers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I sort of discovered him through uh, that period of my life where I was just sort of just there. I wasn't doing anything with myself, no university. I was just working. I, I was just distracting myself. I think we'll put it that way. I was just distracting myself and just doing whatever, um, sort of living a, a blissful life, doing nothing. Yeah. And then um, I discovered that uh, there was a bit of controversy um, on, on Reddit in regards to this individual, in, in regards to Peterson, sorry. And so uh, at that point, I just looked up some of his stuff, uh, understood what he was doing or trying to understand what he was doing, his agenda, looked at some of his lectures, and then I went on his website and found his reading list. And that's just sort of when I uh, got back into reading. So I've got to sh- shout out Peterson for getting me into reading again because that sort of helped me understand a did bit he, more about myself. And Did he make you clean your room? Um, did you clean your room? Yeah. <laughs> clean your room, bucko. Um, um, he, he, he advocated for responsibility, and, and I think that's what I was missing. Right. I, I, I don't understand why you're avoiding the question. Yeah, no. <laughs> I asked you if you cleaned your room, and all I'm getting is this obfuscation. I, I, like how, I, like I how, really don't think you're... <laughs> I like how people, people try to trap him. Because what he's saying is, and they try to like misinterpret what he's saying, so you paint him as a bad person. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's great. You're still avoiding it. I'm asking you, boy, did you clean your room? I did clean my room. It, Good on you. You saw my room before. I did see your room. It's very clean. Yep. And just in case you forget, you got your big John Cena there. That's exactly right. Uh, and he's uh, standing sort of looming, is it menacingly or protectively over your uh, bed? Protectively. Protectively. Yep. What's he protecting you from? Is it uh... um, the bad dreams that I have? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Jordan Peterson's like a deep dive into archetypes and all this sort of stuff. Oh, here we go. <laughs> is that helping you with that kind of thing? Uh, the archetypes and stuff. Yeah, if you uh, you coming in, if you're doing that that kind of analysis, is that helping you with your bad dreams? Um, sure. I I, I don't, I don't drift, drift off into a blissful sleep. I find it difficult to sleep most nights. Yeah. So. Well, this, I mean, you're in absolute constant physical agony <laughs> yeah. uh, with your back and your bones and joints and everything else. Yeah. But uh, it is what it is. So, uh, well, who does, who's that? John Cena. What's what's that uh, archetype? Who is he? Because he's, he's not just John. I'm getting into psychoanalysis now, are we? He's, uh, uh, so, no, I'm, I'm getting into uh, uh, P- Peterson analysis. It's, hmm. Some sort of figure. Mm. I, I didn't really got it because my mum was going to give it to my nephew. Right. And I knew my nep- nephew was going to destroy it. Yeah. So I said, all right, I'll take this because we'll look after him. So he, he's not disinformation. Nah. Jordan. So we can't spend too much time on him because this is uh, about disinformation. But um, he, he, he has been, a, it, it, algorithmically, he's been a gateway. A gateway <laughs> drug to other things. Yes. Because uh, of course you're gonna watch, want to see some of his things, um, and uh, you know, check out his daughter's podcast and all that sort of thing. Oh, Michaela, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I, I think one of the big things with Hang these on, first first name terms with Jordan's daughter. <laughs> I think one of these big things with these uh, figures on YouTube is that they articulate things that people can't say, if that makes sense. So people might have difficulty being able to explain a certain emotion or a certain uh, way of thinking, but they can't articulate it because they don't have a reference yeah. or they don't have the background information to actually mm. articulate that. And then you get someone like Jordan Peterson coming through to actually 
articulate those emotions, feelings, and and, yeah. and problems. And they're like, oh, that makes so much sense. This is exactly how I feel. And then they sort of latch onto that person mm. because um, they sort of ring true to the person that is that that's listening to them. If mm. you know what I mean. So, but I they're giving you a language. A language, yes, yes. You know, so it's a bit like. So, you know, you have it's an understanding right. culturally from your culture and your tradition of um, Gunditjmara country and how that, that country works. Mm. The action of that fresh water, um, how everything moves, what, what the hills and the ranges are doing, everything mm. else. Like you understand that system culturally. Um, that's the language you've been given to describe that system. Mm. What if you didn't learn that, but you... You only had the language of biology and botany. Well, then that'd be sort of way of thinking. It would be a different, different understanding of that country. Yeah. Would you know that country? Would you know that landscape using a different language? I wouldn't say so, no. Mm. Well, so you have this language now from Jordan Peterson that's um, allowing you to describe concepts you haven't been able to describe before. Yeah. And where does that take you? Uh, well, it took, it took me through his reading list, first of all. And through that reading list, I was sort of, yeah, like I said You before, found Nietzsche? Uh, yeah, I found Nietzsche, Dostoevsky, um, Solzhenitsyn, Viktor Frankl. Who else? Yeah, those are the only ones off the top of my head at the moment. And for the record, though, they are fantastic writers. Mm. Dostoevsky's he's, he's five really great books. That's from the Underground, Crime and Punishment, The Idiot, Demons, Brothers Caramel, stuff I'm going to start in the next couple of months, hopefully. You got through Crime and Punishment? Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's probably one of my favorite books. I, I never got more than halfway through it. it. It's dry and difficult, but then... That's a brick. Uh, yeah, it's like 250 pages, and then it really starts to get real real good. Yeah. Um, Demons is a hard one to get through, but that, that is a, a beautiful book. Absolutely beautiful. Um like a collective neurosis and they're, they're plotting to like o overtake the government and all that sort of stuff and then just a, a sequence of events take place that mm. sort of allows it to unfold and a bunch of other crazy stuff the idiot is an interesting one notes from the underground yeah it's, it's fantastic and then nature his books are just phenomenal but they're hard to understand though mm. um I, I read a bunch, bunch of his books in like 2017 2018 mm. but have yeah. you ever heard of a concept the concept of the dog whistle no Right. See, that's something that my algorithm gives me. What's that? Um, so a, a, a dog whistle is a way of uh, saying something and signaling people for mm -hmm. something that uh, that can't be said out loud because it's a bit horrible, but people deeply believe it. So you say sort of code words that are kind of around that. Mm -hmm. So you just like, you know, you say things like, well... Uh, you know, it's a scientific uh, fact that the data doesn't lie. The facts don't care about your feelings, but, Pitch fair, yeah. you know, IQ, IQ scores do vary by regional population. Mm. You know, biologically, different groups of people have different levels of intelligence. Mm. And then just kind of move on. It's not saying anything particularly bad about anybody else. Yeah. You get a bit of a dog whistle there, though. Like a, certain like kinds seed. of people yeah. come in and they're feeling oh, I just so much trust there because it's like you know I, I've cleaned my room I've cleaned my room and I feel really good about that hmm. you know I'm taking control of my life I'm like setting boundaries and these people who are pushing me around I'm starting to understand 
you know, hmm. the archetypes in the world around me and this, uh, you know, I'm understanding my psychology. I'm understanding the economy. Yeah. I'm yeah. understanding demographics. I'm understanding statistics. I'm looking at uh, Eastern philosophy, hmm. Greek philosophy. I'm, I'm gaining control of my world. I have a meta language. I have, hmm. I have a, a structure, a framework for um, taking control of my life and understanding a world which has been incomprehensible to me. And off we go. But then there's little things that come in. So then you might listen to another podcast, and it's uh, it's biologists, uh, evolutionary biologists, and, and they talk about today we're going to be talking about you know uh, uh, sexual selection in frogs, and we can look at the, the mating habits of snails, yep. and some really fascinating stuff about snow leopards, uh, why trans kids are wrong, and uh, lemurs and sloths. Hmm. What is the connection between them? It's just kind of in there. Hmm. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, but I, I also think what, what people, they don't do the hard work. So they get all the information from those particular uh, individuals. Oh, and they think that's the research. Exactly, yeah. Dude, don't yeah. listen to me. Do, like, do your research. Yeah. So, so do the research. Yeah, so, so they latch onto every thought they have, but they don't actually go and look at the primary sources. Yeah. They don't actually go and read Plato or Aristotle or, or anything like that. They don't yeah. actually go back and... And read what they're referencing to see if what they're saying is the truth. Yeah. So I think the important thing with this with these um, dark web intellectuals is that you, you have to don't take everything they say as truth. Yeah. Look at everything yourself and question yeah. what they're saying because if you latch onto everything they're going to say, you're, you're you're just a pawn in their game. Mm. You know. So it's and, and, and it's hard to do that though because people want to sit in that comfort and, yeah. re and reassurance. They don't actually want to, do, like I said, do the hard work and sit down and actually read a book because it's so difficult these days because we have too many distractions. Look, I, I, the algorithms are I don't think there's, there's anything particularly wrong with the, um, uh, all the intellectual dark web adjacent stuff like the sense-making crowd and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it's like each of these people are, are sitting with a coherent worldview and seeking to improve the world by, you know, um, making sense of it. Yeah. And by um, making sure they're listening to all points of view and that all points of view are represented, they're uh, like often doing that, although they kind of tend to cut off the woke side a fair bit. Mm. <laughs> but they, you know, they're um, you know they they have good faith. Oh, yeah, they have good intentions. They're, they have good faith individually. Yeah. What they 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 don't have though is pattern thinking, whereby they can't they they are unable to see their position in an ecosystem. So they're they're just one unit in a broader ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And that system of manipulation is actually using each of them um, as, as a staging post, uh, as a progression mm. from one thing to another thing, uh, to funnel people into um, one camp that catastrophizes everything. And if anybody else has a different opinion, it's the end of the world yeah, or right. their enemies. Yeah. And ultimately, everybody's being sorted like... Uh, like uh, like hot and cold particles in a vacuum being sorted from one side to the other. Yeah, and there's a like and, and there's a hysteria when it comes to that sort of division between those between the two opinions. That's it. And and and, and I find it absolutely ridiculous. There's no sort of discourse or, or dialectic, yeah. if you want to call it that, when it comes to sort of having that discussion. Like you, you see all these protests happening at the moment. Yeah. It, 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 Melbourne feels like France right now. There's like a protest every every week. Mm. On, on different issues and and from the videos that I've seen where people aren't even trying to instigate anything they they just go in and just and just film it 
and you got these people just slamming the cameras down. They're like, don't film me. You know, you can't do that. It's, it's public property. You're allowed yeah. to film. And the cops are on their side, obviously, because it's the law. But there's just, just, there's just no sort of... They come in with just absolute anger. And it's, it's insane to me that it's like they almost have no ability to think because there's just, there's just this group think. Like, or it's actually, no, sorry, a, a more of a, a mob mentality where their perception of reality just gets distorted and they can't... So what does Dostoevsky yeah. teach you about that? Um, well, in Demons, he, he sort of talks about that a little bit, but I think there's other... Um, Eric Hoffer talks about that. Gustav Le Bon talks about that, actually. Um, yeah, just sort of... It's, it's difficult to articulate because I haven't really read, uh, like, researched that stuff in a couple of years. So I'm just sort of going off memory, but... Yeah, they talk about how the the collective is just. God sort of, forbid you should go off memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's it's they they just sort of become engulfed by their views and they latch onto them and, and they and they just sort of dismiss any sort of opposing opinion. Um, but the thing is that when, when they're by themselves, I, this is what um, Hoffa talks about. When the individual is by themselves, they're fine. But once they're with the group, they don't want to be uh, ostracized from the tribe, so they sort of have to stick to that mentality of the tribe for fear of being kicked out so i can kind of see yeah i can kind of see the link if that makes sense but yeah it's, have you found your way down the game theory rabbit yeah. hole and dumbbar number and all that shit i've, I've never heard of that what's sweet uh, it's it's not disinformation it's 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 good theory <laughs> do, do you mean stuff, the... but I, I think um there might be some frames in there you'd be interested in oh, okay yeah yeah um, yeah it's a uh, look there's, there's a there's a lot of people with the openly stated goal of um, uh, trying to preserve uh, Western civilization before uh, the <laughs> before Wokistan comes in and, and, and destroys the whole thing. Yeah, you know, and um, there's good thinkers, there's good people in there, uh, but they're not. Um, you know, from time to time, there are those dog whistles. Mm. There's dog whistles that uh, bring people back to replacement theory, mm. and this is one you know. Replacement theory. Mm. I've heard of it, but I don't necessarily know right. what it is. Can you explain? Well, um, you'd have heard the dog whistles, mm. but uh, it'll take you there eventually. Um, we'll see. Tiki torches. <laughs> uh, you will not replace us. So, replacement theory is the theory that uh, of uh, a massive uh, secret white genocide, like a genocide of white people in the world, uh, mm. that white people are being replaced um, by. Uh, Jewish people and, and people of color. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That it's a big conspiracy. Um, people actually believe this shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> true God of gaming. Gaming. All right. <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's funny. There must be some kind of black fella firewall you have against that one. Mm. That particular dog whistle is just bouncing straight up. Mm. Um, I'll go back to a question, actually. Um, with the Black Lives Matter protests that were happening in America, do you reckon yeah. their approach was, was justified? Well, it depends which which BLM you're talking about. Um, the uh, are you like are you talking about the um, the big official uh, organization that um, people make donations to, uh, or are you talking about the grassroots? The grassroots um, actually protest themselves and actually sort of just dismantling well, yeah. any, any, any black communities and their businesses and everybody I've spoken to over there, everybody I've, everything I've looked at, anywhere where it was grassroots stuff that was actually being done by community. Mm -hmm. um, by community for community, as always, that stuff is solid. Yeah. Um, but then you know, then you get a, a bunch of middle class 
white anarchists in Portland um, jump up and do some other stuff. There's, uh, you know, there's always, everybody wants to um, attach their brand to a hashtag and, and ruin it yeah. as you go along. I don't think you can well. do an analysis of BLM that's cherry picking bits and pieces out of uh, various idiots that have jumped on board here and there. Mm. Although it's, um, you know, all these people who call themselves, you know, so Stefan Molyneux, you talk about, I, I, I'm, I'm an empiricist, you know, <laughs> and, you know, the facts don't lie. The facts don't care about your feelings. Mm. That's not an argument. Um, it'll happily cherry pick, you know, anomalous bits and pieces from uh, all of those idiots that have wrecked BLM. Mm. And, um, and throw those up and go, you know, how come it's all right when they do it? Yeah, um, yeah. Just asking, um, all that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it, it's very difficult to have an opinion about uh, BLM as like this collective catch-all under three letters. Yeah. Because there's a hell of a lot more than three letters to it. Oh, oh 100%. You know. I, I just think the approach that they took to when the whole George Floyd thing happened, like the way he died was terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Um, but there, there's also been reports that he uh, allegedly or overdosed on friggin' um, fentanyl instead of being uh, choked, which is weird. I, I, I don't know if I believe that. But I think the weird thing that oh. I find interesting is is the is the communities in America destroying their own communities, destroying the black businesses, mm. the people that you know, the people in their community that built for generations to to you know to have to make a living. You know what I mean? Like that—that's insane to me. And then, like, writing all these other, um, going to all these other business, businesses like WalMarts and just looting and taking shit. If you want to go to where it's really going to hit them, go to the Federal Reserve. You know, go go to where the or go to the banks and all that sort of shit. Go to where it's like you know the real, if you want to cause an actual disturbance, go down there mm. and, and cause a ruckus. Don't go into like in Gucci and Louis Vuitton because it, you know you get free shit. And it makes you look good. Oh, so do something like you know? occupy, say Wall Street or something like that. Yeah, but on a, yeah, but on a more. And I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying, like, if you think, if you want to make an actual change through action, mm. don't go to Walmart and just mm. steal toilet paper. Go to where it's actually going to affect the the government. At the same time, there's a kind of wisdom of crowds when things are organic and not manipulated. Mm. And I, I believe that in most of the um, small community grassroots. Um, uprisings, mm -hmm. you know, going on there, that these were, um, I, I believe those things were solid mm -hmm. and, you know, coming from the right place mm -hmm. and actually doing the right thing. Um, absolutely. It, it reminds, it reminds me of Haiti after the French Revolution, when the Haiti, when the Haiti slaves got freed, they destroyed absolutely everything that, 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 that was related to the white man. Yeah. And then they had nothing. That, that's what it kind of reminded me of, like the Black Lives Matter protests in, in, in the black communities when they were destroying their own businesses and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. And and, and that is disgusting. <laughs> but I find it absolutely disgusting. But there's, you know, um, I, I don't know. So that's, so you, you, you're picking a moment and having a, a an emotion and a judgment about it. Me? Yeah. But there's a, there's a little bit too Haiti. There's a little bit more to it before and after. Well, there's definitely more to um, it. 100%. There's a bit of a, there's a bit of history there. Oh, there's as a with, lot of history. Uh, <laughs> as with the states, hmm. um, you know. So it's, uh, it, I don't know. I can't, uh, I can't do that judgy thing where I go, ah, oh, this, this thing here is bad, you know, out of context. Hmm. Um, but at the, all, it's it's all sitting within a, a bigger story. You you get my point there, where like you, you know the the black communities are destroying their own like businesses that they're not explicitly the actual person that owns the business, but 
the people in the community are destroying that black business. Well, are they? Where are you getting that information? It's It's been, um, so the LA riots is a perfect example of that back in yep. the 80s. And then the more recent ones but so that what, have happened it, now. Yeah, but so that's the black community. So who? I'm not, I'm not saying the whole black community. I'm saying because remember, <laughs> there's, there's, you know, you, you, I think you know what I mean. They're remember like, how people people yeah. say lazy black fellas. Yeah. Well, there's there's groups within the black community. I think I should phrase. Yeah. Groups within the black community. Yeah. That do that. Well, look, here's where a lot of the problem comes. Um, you know, with with the stuff that isn't disinformation, but it's uh, it's a gateway to it. You know, mm-hmm. there is. It, it, it takes this position of, oh, we're just looking at data, we're just looking at facts, we're doing a real analysis kind of thing. Yeah. And they, so they'll say things like, okay, well, uh, you know, check it out. Um, well, you know, um, let's look at the actual data. Let's look at the actual facts. Um, you know, how many um, uh, black women are raped by white men in one year? How many black women are you know, and, and vice versa. Yeah. And they go, look, there's only been, um, you know, five black women raped in this period of time, but there have been 10,000 white women raped. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, hey, the facts don't care about your feelings, but that's just a fact. Mm. Obviously, you know, these people aren't being oppressed. Boom. End of story. That's the analysis. Mm. Um, if you're an idiot and you have no pattern, no context, no way of forming a good story in your head of uh, being attached to a proper story where you, you need to look at more things um, you'll go with that and say oh yeah that's uh, that's true mm. um, but it's rubbish you know so um, I mean look the story where do all the rape kits go? what happens to all the rape kits because there are a lot of them mm. you know most of them uh, the specimens get taken and then they get put in storage and never ever looked at again most of them and the vast majority of all rapes that are reported are never properly investigated yes Um, the vast majority never make it to court and then the vast majority of those ones that make it to court get prosecuted they they do not get through yeah yeah. because it's just like what was she wearing finished Hmm. you know um that's a fact yeah. Like, sorry, but you can't have data without story, bros. If you're doing an actual analysis, mm. don't be just throwing a cherry pick bit of data at me mm. and calling yourself empirical. Imperial, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not empirical. Anyway, um, yeah. But, and then, well, who, who are the people who are more likely to get their case prosecuted in a court? Probably males. Yeah. You're, so your white Americans will probably have, have a, better, a better chance of... Um, of succeeding yeah you know even if they're a woman which is like you know <laughs> a really hard thing to do mm. uh, but you've got definitely a massively higher chance uh, if you're bringing that case against a black man though you got a pretty damn good chance of getting it through mm. so if your data is just looking at convictions in a system that's weighed heavily against someone else for you to take that data and say that there isn't a problem of systemic racism mm. you are a prick no, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So as we go through all these things, as you hear these things, you, you, you do need to like let it sit with you and let it filter through a bit of actual story, mm. uh, proper story. Because wrong story is out there and half of it's dog whistle. Mm. No, I'm fully aware of that. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of undercurrents of just noise just uh, sort of interfering with your signal. It's um, <laughs> Me? <laughs> it's a terror. No, with mm. one's signal. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. Y- with your signal. Mm. Yeah.
Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot. It's just a weird point in history. We we, we have. We, I think we just have more distractions, and that allows us to obtain more information, and that whether that information is true or not. And it's just easy to just go down rabbit holes. And like I said before, people don't want to actually sift and go through the work to actually be able to understand what they think. Yeah. And, 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 and it's scary to do that, to actually take a step back and even just evaluate yourself. That's, that's scary to do. And I think a lot of people during the, the, the pandemic, when we were in lockdown for like three or four months, people, you know, there's nothing to do. And people just want to distract themselves. So it, and it's easy. And, but to actually be able to sit down and, and objectively know yourself sit down with yourself what you think what you believe who you are that's a scary thing people don't want to sit back through their childhood because they might have like repressed memories and all that sort of stuff to understand what uh modes of thinking that you've developed through your childhood and what behaviors that you've developed as a childhood it, it's scary to do like mm. I, i'm afraid to do that I, I try to but it's scary so yeah i think there's just a lot of there's just too many distractions today and and our attention span is just gone. It's just dwindled. Hmm. Absolutely dwindled. Like, if I don't read... Uh, I, I try to read every day, but it's difficult because I've just got so much work in uni at the moment. But it gets tangled. Hmm. If I don't if I don't read a book, like, I get... I, if I don't read and research, do my own shit, I, I actually get anxious because I'm not yep. doing what I want to do. It, well, you're also... Me. You're experiencing so much uh, physical pain from day to day that... Um, yeah. It, it, half, it, half the time you got to just curl up in your bed. And yeah, it really. Yeah, I, I have good and bad days. It just really varies on. on it, it just depends on how it wants to feel that day. Mm. But one of the days where I just sit down and lay in bed and can't do anything, those days are brutal because a large portion of of, of my time I have to be doing something. Mm. Like because, like I said, in twenty seventeen, I would just sit on my ass and do nothing. But I've sort of rewired myself to be like, okay, you have to do shit mm. as long as it's like helping you or other people. Yeah. You know? So, so where yeah. do you uh, where do you progress to have you have you read the next uh jordan peterson book i haven't read any of his books the one he's just launched oh you never read the books I, I, have, I haven't read them no. you checked his reading list oh sweet yeah. so that was off youtube videos you got that reading list yes oh uh, no oh, it was on his uh, i watched his lectures and then i went on his website and found the reading list okay sweet um and then yeah that's how i got yeah got into reading and so again. where next for you in your next step of um pulling up your bootstraps oh. and self-actualizing and yeah uh getting control of your life and managing pain um well managing pain was just sort of seeing the physio understanding that it's you know the pain's not the end of the world like it's just it's just how it's going to be so you have to deal with it so there's no point feeling sorry for yourself and dwindling on that pain mm. you know acknowledge that it's there but just do what you can so what teachers do you go to next where uh, do you what do you read next what do you view next what do you listen to um, what do you need to learn next uh to continue like gaining more and more control over your life um well it's kind of like a dog whistle i guess really isn't it just sort of whatever catches your attention <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but of course as long as it's in my interest and yeah if it makes sense yeah but, uh but yeah with the uh after the jordan peterson stuff that's when i found john telegato and that's when oh, i already had a bony pick with the education system e even in high school i knew that something wasn't right and it's not for everybody. Yeah. Because even before VCE, I wanted to leave. But you and a number other and, and a number of other people sort of convinced me to stay. So sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> now you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I really wanted to leave. I really really wanted to. Mm. Um, but yeah, you guys just said stick it out, and we'll try and you know we'll try and get you in. And 
that's when I found, uh, and sorry, and then, yeah, like a couple of years ago, I found John Taylor Gatto, and that's when he sort of articulated the problems with the American education system. There's an emphasis on that because they're somewhat different, but largely the same, I think. Mm. Um, but that, I, I, that's something I'm going to write on yeah. in, the, in the next couple of months on the differences and the issues and all that sort of stuff within them. Old JTG, proper old school libertarian, that one. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, like, like pre-alt-right, mm. like uh, proper bootstraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, 100%. Old school conservative. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Self-reliant. He's from Pittsburgh as well, if that helps, like in right. the industrial area. So <laughs> very boots on ground. Oh um, my goodness. But uh, yeah, he, he was a teacher for like 30 years. And then mm. he wrote an article that got published in a newspaper announcing that he's quitting quitting being a teacher because mm. he realized how much indoctrination was taking place. And he largely drew it from James Alexander Inglis to uh, to talk about the, the functions and purpose of schooling. Mm. Uh James Content, I believe, and just another, a number of other people. I actually bought their books recently to actually go through the, the, the sources that he draws from. Um, so, yeah. He, it's, it's so funny. Um, I don't know. So, you know, we've all grown up, and this includes you, mm-hmm. but me for a few decades before you, growing up with, uh, we've grown up with movies, uh, TV, songs, everything. Yeah. Um, all propaganda for one message, which has all been about, um, you know, being a rebel, bucking the system, um, standing tall, mm. you know, going against the grain uh, for your beliefs, you know, and it's always one person doing that, an individual, and making change that way. Mm. Um, that's all. That's all of that. And you see when John Taylor Gatto comes out, you know, announces publicly. For some reason, uh, you know, it's it's like you uh, you're throwing yourself in with that image, you know, when you show, prove that you're the one, you're that one individual, and everyone else is sheeple, mm. and that you're stepping out, you're waking up, mm. you're taking that red pill, or you're offering that red pill, and you're breaking away from the crowd. Yeah, you are the rebel with a cause, and that archetype. Mm. You know, the hero on a hero's journey. Mm. Uh, that's not our stories. <laughs> that's stories from somewhere else. Mm. And But you keep seeing this. What's absolutely remarkable, though, is that every single person within that system believes that they are the person who has the right story, who is breaking away from the system. Mm. And in a way, that's what the system is. It's a system of divided people who all have different stories. Yeah, of course. Believing they're the hero who's bucking against the system. But that is the system. Mm. The system is one of separation. Mm. And, and you can't break away anxiety. from the system as well. <laughs> yeah. Like you're in exactly. there, you're in there regardless. Like you can't you can yeah. take you can take a short break and like reset, but you're always gonna be in it. We're all these fabulous individuals who are um, being the change that we want to see in the world. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, Ghetto just sort of exposed me to, I guess, a different side of what schooling really is mm. and, and how it's sort of deprived from the Prussian education system, which you're, which you're well aware of, um, and, <laughs> and, 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 and just how that sort of was sort of used uh, during the Industrial Revolution to just gather up kids yeah. and just sort of treat it like a factory. 
pump, just just pump them out, just give them the very basics that yep. they need. Whereas you know a, a classic liberal education, say mm. in um, in in Athens, would be the bloody trivium method, so yep. grammar, rhetoric, um, logic, and all that sort of stuff like that. And yeah, we don't really see much of that today because I, I I believe personally that um, the state doesn't necessarily want an educated public. Well, originally there was a it was a three tiered system, and only the top tier got got that kind of thing. Well, which uh, got to learn the rhetoric and logic. And all oh that yes, thing. yes, uh, yes. The only the children of the elite that uh, was the structure of the original thing. That, that's exactly right. Um, yes, and in Athens, yeah, I have uh, private tutors. Yeah, I have written a little bit about that. Spoken a bit about that. Yeah. It's, um, um, despite the liberal media's attempts yeah. to stop me, <laughs> to yeah. stop the truth. Yeah, I think they just want obedient workers and just mm. people to just stay in the lane. Can you see how <coughs> stay in the lane and not know, question anything? So what I've said there is true. There was a different tiered system in the Prussian education model. Mm. That was true, you know. But it's then where do you situate that, and what's your narrative, mm. and what are the dog whistles you throw out about that? Mm. You know, if I'm uh, presenting that as a narrative of complaint. Um, and just with my tone, just with my inflection, you know, uh, getting across the idea that there is somehow some forces out there that don't want me to talk about it, and they want to keep that information from you, suddenly it doesn't matter that it's a fact. Mm. It's, it's bullshit. Mm. You've ruined it because you've, uh, you've added a narrative to it that isn't. Mm. You've taken bad story and mapped it onto a true story. Well, I think it's easy for people to cherry pick information and then regurgitate it in a way that makes them look correct as well. Yeah. And that's very easy to do. And I think a lot of dark web intellectuals do that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, I know you're not particularly interested in being right. Oh, no. I'm, 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 you're not interested in being correct. I, I, if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm, that, that's how I learn. Yeah. That's truly how I learn. Like, um, I, don't, I, I, I strive for understanding. I don't try to be right. If I'm having a dialogue or a conversation with someone and we, we disagree on something, I don't try to argue my point. Mm. I mean, uh, sorry, like I, I would say I try to argue my point, but I'm not trying to be right, though. I'm just trying to mm. give them my side of, of, of what I understand while trying to understand their side. Right. So if I'm asking them questions and they get pissed off, it's because I'm trying to understand their point of view mm. and where it fits into what I think. Sweet. If that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. But <laughs> it does make sense. But that's, yeah. That's, that's one part that sense making. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it makes sense half the time. I, 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 just, I just read books. I just, I, I'm my own business. I don't do much. I just, I just sit at home, listen to music. I make beats every now and again. I, I learn piano. I play piano. Have fun when I can. I, I, just, I just do my own thing, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just do my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Uh, that's what that's what uh, the system is, I guess. It's all people doing their own thing. Yeah. And uh, like I don't, yeah, I'm in my own business. Like I'm, I'm all for you know the individual, as long as you're not harming anyone, physically harming anyone, or hurting yourself. Yep. Do no harm. Yeah. Do do what you want. As long as it's in the privacy of your own home. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what you're scared yeah. to. Just don't uh, <laughs> march down the street and rub my face in it. That's right. I don't don't need to see all that. Mm. Where's my parade? <laughs> Who's doing a parade for how I like to have sex? Nobody. Yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that, Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, really good to talk to you, brother. Yeah, thank, thank you. you.
a, a good yarn and, good a, to see you. and kind of a deep dive. Hmm. And kind of, um, yeah, it's kind of intimate and difficult to, you know, reveal some of those things of, you know, actually hmm. like looking in and seeing uh, that pattern hmm. of, of our own sort of manipulation, hmm. you know, uh, through these algorithms and uh, these platforms and, hmm. and where it takes us. And, I, and I, it's hard for me to sort of articulate these kind of thoughts as well because I don't necessarily necessarily have a chance to. Yeah. So when I'm with just my friends and just like like yeah, just my mates and just other people, I, we don't necessarily discuss these kind of subjects. So yeah. when I actually have the chance to sort of discuss it, yeah, I sort of get you know my tongue just sort of just sort of gets caught and it's hard to articulate these sort of things. Yeah. So I guess it's more just me being a, a, just sort of refreshing my mind on particular ideas yep. that, that I believe in and I guess just sort of keep working on it. Nice. If that makes sense. That's it. Yeah. Well, in the end, it, 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 it does all come down to your social relations and yeah. who you're connected to. And I just hope it makes who sense. Who you're yarning <laughs> with and how you're yarning with. Yeah. But um, yeah, we should catch up a bit more regularly from time to time, eh? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, yeah, sorry for letting that lapse for a while. No, sorry. But uh, yeah, we'll get back, get back into it, bro. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, uh, I'll catch ya. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>